Oh, g'day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Thursday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn ZB. It's time for a vaccine reality check. Um, the Hosk has some hard facts uh, for people who might be dreaming about an, an, an MIQ free holiday. Speaking of which, how many people took it in spite of MIQ? Um, we, there are calls to bring back the border wall from. Hosking, and we're going to finish up uh, by working from home forever. But for any of that, yeah, it's a year since we went into level four. Happy anniversary, babies. So it was a year ago today we locked down. Level four. We'd never heard of level four. And in the ensuing days, talkback was littered with people who displayed one of the, if not the, most annoying habits of the past 12 months, the inability to use common sense and think for yourself. Remember it? We were told to stay local. But local was a movable concept, apparently. I normally drive 12Ks for a walk. Am I still local? And so it went. We also got the email to dob people in who weren't following these orders. Yes, we became, 12 months ago, a nation of narcs. A trait reprised recently in the South Auckland lockdown, of course, when the Prime Minister exposed for having overreacted to a so-called super spreader risk at Auckland in Level 3 again. So decided to blame a poor South Auckland family and told us to dob in those who weren't doing as they were told. We shared that global trait of panic shopping. Those of us deemed essential workers loved the quiet streets, but little did we know so many would never return and this new working from home luck would become a thing and CBDs would be in real trouble. Uh, we were, lest we forget, only here this day a year ago because the screaming had got so loud over locking the border, the government finally caved in, but little did we know once they shut it what a control exercise that would turn out to be. The MIQ system finally set up after they thought their self-isolation, their high-trust model, would be a hit. Wasn't. The MIQ system they set up turned out to be the ongoing weak link, of course. Although never proven, the Americold lockdown, the Sky Chef lockdown, they were border issues. The MIQ facilities themselves with their hopelessly lax testing caused more issues. Essentially in a year, a full 12 months, we've gone nowhere. We locked the border, set up a half-baked hotel system that leaks, and that's it. PPE and flu jabs were a shambles. This new Ashley Bloomfield bloke, we quite liked him, until he turned out to be in charge of a useless department that was constantly uh, caught out. Even a report commissioned by his own government, penned by Roach and Simpson, told us just how hopeless they were. Yes, we sort of held the virus at bay, but the word elimination became a joke. We were told a year ago today, of course, the value of Level 4 was so we wouldn't have to yo-yo in and out of lockdown. Whoops. Uh, Yes, we have done better than many. Of course we have, but not as well as Vietnam, not as well as Taiwan, not as well as Australia, and our economy is paying an horrific price. The one o'clock lectures have become a source of real anger, especially given they claim they were delivered at the pulpit of truth. We still don't have a vaccine rollout to talk much of, despite so many millions of jabs already dispensed globally. We have lived um, and rested, and I suppose even got smug on our laurels. Our one trick a year ago has been worked, reworked, sold, resold for 12 long months and more people every day see it for what it is. The bubble, of course, has become a farce. The catchphrases seem tired. Team of five million, be kind, go hard, go early. If shutting the door to regroup and hunker for a short period was the thinking, we did well, better than most. If it was supposed to buy us time for a plan, an aspirational opportunity to be grabbed to propel us into the new world more invigorated and opportunistic than ever, we failed abysmally. Overall, I wanted better for us. I still want better for us. We can do more and be more. But between a combination of fear, ineptitude, arrogance and dishonesty, the government aren't up for it. A lot of New Zealanders, tragically, aren't up for it either. So 12 months in, 
we're at a crossroads, I think. This has been, to me, a 5 out of 10 experience at best. I pray the next 12 are better than our last. Yep, one year on, um, and I still feel like many of us have blocked out a lot of that year and a kind of a mass hysteria to preserve our own sanity can't really remember a lot of what happened anymore. It's just something we sort of um, read about and see video of. Um, so anyway, back to reality. Um, even if you get your vaccine, you're still going to have to be quarantined. Did I hear right, says the text, uh, even vaccinated people are still going to have to do MIQ when they come home. Yes, this is why I picked this up, and I'm surprised nobody has. Rightly or wrongly, there is a misapprehension that suddenly if you get the jab, you can't spread it. You You may not get it, or you may get it and be asymptomatic. It won't. If you've got the jab, the idea is you won't die or indeed end up in hospital. But you can still have it and you can still pass it on, hence the MIQ. And I think a lot of people were thinking suddenly when people get vaccinated, the borders will open, everyone will fly, we'll all be on holiday and the world will return to normal. Not so or anywhere close to it, I'm afraid to report. Yeah, and Mike, also um, I ran through some of the things that we, we're running short of at the moment, like needles and pills and stuff like this, because all the manufacturing efforts are going into uh, the vaccine. And I think, why don't we have those things that I see in all the sci-fi movies? You know, the, the guns, you know, how you get, a, you get drugs and things with those those gun things there doesn't seem to be actually a needle involved it's just sort of magically puts it into your body do you remember, why haven't those happened yet with the flying cars and the self-lacing shoes um and anyway so while we're talking about um going on holiday it turns out some people actually did do you know ten thousand of us went overseas in the last year 44 percent friends and family 23 percent business three percent just on holiday 424 of us just simply went on holiday, filled out the form. They said, why are you leaving the country and coming back? Went on holiday, 424. 10,000, I'm not surprised at. 424, slightly surprised at. I would have thought the number was slightly higher, personally. Yeah, I actually was surprised by that too. I thought it was low. Some people have gone, oh, 400 odd people going on holiday. I thought that, I mean, there are a lot of strange people out there who are prepared to have stuff stuffed up, up their nose repeatedly and spend money on quarantine um, you know, do crazy stuff just so they can go away on holiday. And I thought that, in fact, I found that encouraging that there weren't more. Um, yeah, maybe we're not as as poked as a species as I as I assumed that we were. Although um, the the current border crisis between Mexico and the US might suggest otherwise. Now, what would you rather have? There's a simple question to start the day. What would you rather have? A wall? Or the mess they've currently got on the border in America. They've tossed $86 million at the problem in the last couple of days. That's for the motel bills to house the illegals. Uh, this followed the rollout of what passes as a border policy under Biden. Please don't come. That was it. Please don't come. Biden appealing to people not to come. Don't bring your kids. Don't sneak in. Now, there is no shortage of coverage of all of this, of course. After all, you can't ignore a queue of thousands of people. But what there isn't is outrage, or at least no coverage of the outrage. The Republicans in places like Texas are trying their best at an I-told-you-so argument, but the broader media is amazingly, or perhaps not amazingly, compliant when it comes to what a disaster this is. Say what you want about Trump, but his wall and its mass mocking was in fact acting in the way it was supposed to. People weren't queuing the way they are now, and why are they flooding across? Because they know they can. Because they know that when a president asks you not to come, that means they don't have a plan or any means to stop it, and so the mess will only get worse. 
This mess was, of course, the mess they had four years ago under Obama. The mess that Trump, at least in part, addressed with his famed wall. The wall never got completed, and no, what bits did get built weren't paid for by Mexico. And that was always the trouble with Trump. He had the knack of taking a seed of an idea and pimping it to the point of absurdity, thus leaving him open to ridicule. But what you can't argue against is the wall of what bits they built, along with the bolstered border force, actually had an effect. Now, the basic premise Trump sold it on, that a country must have borders or else it isn't a country, is in fact sound. So 86 million and counting, and the lies have started as well. Nancy Pelosi says things are under control. Pictures would tell you otherwise, as would the 86 million. It's this delusion that gives rise to the likes of the Trumps of this world and builds their support. It's this approach that allows the opposition to form. You would have thought the Democrats might have developed some sort of plan in the four years they spent bagging the previous president, barely two months in. It's like the four years never happened. Yeah, again, there's that whole... It's not a Mandela effect where people think things did happen that didn't happen. It's a, it's a, it's a reverse Mandela effect. If I was quick enough, I'd, I'd be able to um, pronounce Mandela backwards um, and, that, and call it that. But I just can't be bothered uh, working that out. So you, there's a little game for you to play at home. Just uh, write Mandela down on a piece of paper and then write it in the reverse and then say it to yourselves. Um, yeah, I didn't say it was a really fun game. I just said it was a game. Um, we're going to finish up here. Uh, speaking of being at home, um, all the people uh, working at home, are they even coming back at all? Or not really? 90% of Australians, this is one of the biggest studies ever done globally. This is PwC. Largest ever study of global workforce, 32,500 participants, 19 countries. Everywhere from Australia, Singapore, Malaysia, Germany, Netherlands, Spain, Poland, South Africa. You can go on and on and on. 90% of Australians, they're breaking the Australian part down, 90% of Australians want to keep working from home in some capacity. One third think their job's going to be obsolete in five years. More than half think people will have stable long-term jobs in the future. So that's encouraging. It's a, it's a mixed message. But essentially what they're saying is that three quarters of that 90, so three quarters, 75%, would like to stay at home permanently. 16% say bit of, bit of both, which equals the 90. But three quarters of people want to stay home permanently. So I think it's here to stay. Yeah, I mean, ideally, stay home and not do work. That would be my, my perfect scenario. But I can't even seem to stay at home to do my job for some reason. I still don't quite understand why that is. Um, why can I not push these buttons by remote control? Why? So, yeah, I've got a lot of questions about why technology has not advanced as quickly as I wanted as I want it to this morning. Um, please send me your answers and I'll, um, we'll be back. If, I've, if I get some answers, I'll, I'll try and remember to talk about them in the podcast tomorrow uh, on the Friday edition of The Rewrap. See you then.